0: chase thomas podcast. the chase thomas podcast um, <laughs> my nephew needs me to record
1: see i hate i already hate it i hate it
0: all right hello and welcome back to another episode of the chase thomas podcast where i'm still the aforementioned chase thomas coming to you live from knoxville tennessee up there in new york city a lot of new york guys in this podcast these days we've got bob silverman we've got john taylor now david vertsberger of sports uh net new york SMY. Is other people talking about it? Is it Sportsnet? I said Sportsnet. It didn't feel right. Sports
1: New York? Sportsnet New York? Yeah, I'm not actually I sure. I think it
0: was Sportsnet. Yeah, I didn't know actually. I was saying it out loud. I'm like, I think it's Sportsnet, but I could be wrong. Right. There's the Toronto Sportsnet like the TSN, so I was just kind of going Sportsnet. I don't know. Either way, smy.tv. You can read him there where he writes about the Knicks. Uh, a little bit of Nets too, though, uh, so from time to time. And, you know, everything's good right now if you exclude the loss last night to the uh, LaMelo ball uh Charlotte Hornets uh, for the Knicks, but also Jalen Brunson, not not available, and a lot that manual quickly. But, Verts, how are you doing, sir?
1: Doing great. Thanks for having me. You know, excited to hop on the pod once again, talk some Knicks, talk some general NBA. Always happy to be on.
0: Well, let's start with the Knicks, the team you are quite familiar with, Berts. Um, What has flipped for them over the last month or so?
1: Well, you know they've really just been a whole different team since that rotation change back in December. Uh, but obviously, they went on this huge nine-game winning streak recently. I think it's a couple things. First, it's uh, Emmanuel quickly. I mean, he's just played out of his mind. This is the sort of huge leap a lot of fans had hoped out of him for a few years. It's, it's why a lot of fans petitioned for him to start over existing existing guards in past in past Thibodeau years, and now he's just. Man, he's playing amazingly on both ends, uh, scoring the ball, uh, defending like like an absolute madman. Uh, he's impossible to to get off you. He's a complete pest. He's going after rebounds, using his length, and he's, he's packed on some strength over the years. I uh, saw him moving, like just moving on drives. Kelly Oubre and Terry Rozier are not the biggest guys, but you look at his sort of slender frame and, and where he started his rookie year to see him just, just, you know, erasing these guys out of his path is pretty impressive. Uh, so I think his play has been huge. Uh, Thibs has closed games with him, even over RJ some nights. Uh, and then there's the acquisition of Josh Hart, who, you know, first-round pick for, for Josh Hart doesn't seem like the, the biggest trait and Cam Reddish, sorry. First-round pick and Cam Reddish for for Josh Hart doesn't seem like the biggest, you know, impact move you can make. But, you know, he replaced Miles McBride in the rotation. So, you know, a relative fringe guy, Hart coming in instead of him. You know, a, legit, a legitimate role player, one that fits seamlessly into a thibs scheme. I mean, he's the perfect thibs player—just all-out hustle uh, for twenty minutes a night, whatever he's bringing. Uh, and he's been shooting the lights out so far on on not that many attempts, but you know, he's getting good looks. Uh, he's getting out in transition, defending multiple positions, and also again just crashing the boards and helping the Knicks, you know, with their with their rebounding. So, I think those two in particular deserve a lot of credit. Uh, Brunson and Randall have have maintained their their star level play uh, I, I think in the past month they've they've stepped it up a notch you know and, and Randall especially defensively deserves a lot of credit his one-on-one defense his team defense has been exceptional um, but they've been like that most of the year too they, they've been they've been tremendous the whole year so uh, I think quickly in heart those two especially what they've done in the last month has really helped boost the Knicks
0: what else is hard at you? you? added the hustle, but since he has come in, did you expect him to be a seamless fit? Um, what were you maybe concerned about with the trade of how he would fit with the rotation? What uh, what on the court uh, has worked the best and who is he fit in with uh, the most? Who does he seem to have the best rapport with?
1: Well, he's been on the bench unit. Uh, he's also uh, going into the starting, well, it's sort of the starter unit for for. Closing out games, Thibs has gone with him over Grimes for, for some late fourth quarters, uh, depending on who's had the better night. You know, I think his activity, especially off the ball, has been really helpful. I think a lot of the times the Knicks offense can get bogged down or they might be losing some energy. And then he comes in, he grabs a defensive rebound. He loves going coast to coast off that, scoring in transition. He's he's like not the most, you know, offensively gifted player, but in transition, he just turns into LeBron. He has the sort of like sort of cross euro step that that keeps that keeps defenders guessing and he's been making that um the fact that he's knocking down his open catch and shoot threes has been great that was a concern but it looks like he he seems confident shooting those he's even he's even confident shooting from the mid-range at times he had that one really big explosive night uh i think it was against brooklyn at like 27 points um yeah it just the fit has been so perfect you know the knicks need that sort of off ball activity when the offense muddies up uh they need a guy that can just go in and get rebounds, do the dirty work, defend. And, and he does all of that. He's happy to switch and he, he rotates fiercely. Uh, he's just just great all around effort player. And he's, he's fit in perfectly, especially with, uh, I know you asked for specifics as to who he's meshing with. I mean, I think the starters, he does well with them. I, I think he has some great chemistry with uh, the backup center, Isaiah Hartenstein, because Hartenstein such a nice high post passing threat. You know, he sees Hart cutting in the lane they run pick and rolls together that, that that have actually worked pretty well. You don't really want a, a Josh Hart, Isaiah Hart and pick and roll, you know, consuming much of your, your repertoire, but it's worked, it's worked at times. So he, he's really been perfect wherever he's played.
0: Interesting. What's the best what is the best five man lineup now for the Knicks post trade deadline and post win streak?
1: That's tough. That's tough. Um it automatically includes Brunson quickly, Randall and Mitchell Robinson, without a doubt. If RJ's on, RJ's that last wing spot. If he's not, it's probably Hart or Grimes, if Grimes is actually pulling the trigger and, and making his threes. Um, it's tough to say. I don't think we've even seen that much of that lineup with RJ. Hmm. come to think of it, it's usually Hart or Grimes in that spot. But, you know, I, I think to, to close out big playoff games, we're, we're going to see that lineup quickly and RJ at the wings, Brunson, Randall and Mitchell Robinson.
0: What is Julius Randle doing better over the last month?
1: Man, uh, I mean, I want to especially highlight the defense just because I think that was the most glaring thing during his down year last year. And, you know, he's the leader of the team. He's the number one guy. So the team's going to follow what their leader does. And the fact that his effort defensively and his, his taking up the challenge defensively, I mean, all, all year, even before the year started, you look at the Knicks roster on paper and you think, okay, well, RJ and Grimes are nice team defenders. They're good wing defenders. They're not particularly big. like six like 6'6", RJ's like 6'7", something like that. And, you know, RJ's strong, but, you know, he's not compared to LeBron or Kawhi, Paul George, these sort of big elite wings of the NBA. It, it didn't really, it wasn't clear who on the Knicks would guard them. And right now that answer has been Julius Randle. Julius Randle has shut down a lot of these guys in big games. He was on Tatum, you know, against Boston. Uh, he's done a tremendous job one-on-one and on help defense. and I think that's trickled down to the rest of the team. So the effort there um, and then on offense, I mean, the shot making and confidence are just unbelievable, but I think decision-making he's also done a better job with that. Uh, he knows when he's off, like during the last two overtime periods with Boston, you know, he sort of he was sort of struggling after a really hot game, but he saw quickly he still had the juice in his leg. So he sort of deferred to quickly. And I think he's just done a, you know, Generally, a good job of being quicker, more decisive, uh, making smarter decisions, be, being a being a better passer, uh, and the shot making on offense has just been ridiculous.
0: Who do you want in the first round? Like, who's the best Knicks get out of the first round team for you?
1: I'm, um, uh, I'm in a bit of a debate here, so it's probably going to be Cleveland or Philadelphia, right? The, the mm-hmm. likely first round opponent for the Knicks. Uh, so I guess the question is. Do you want Cleveland's relative inexperience and new construction and lack of depth, or do you want Philly's just general tendency to melt down in the playoffs, specifically with Harden and Embiid usually gets hurt in the playoffs? Like, do you bank on that? I think Philly's a scarier matchup for sure. Uh, Embiid, there's just no answer to Embiid, um, and and they've got you know a lot of talent and a lot of depth. And the Knicks have played Cleveland really well this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started this whole turnaround against Cleveland, beating them up at home, uh, and they beat them against since then. So it's tough. I would probably lean Cleveland, but man, I don't know. Like, do you, how much do you really trust Philly in the playoffs nowadays?
0: I would lean Philly. There's just so much more to prove. And I, I'm bigger on Cleveland anyway. I think, I mean, they're a top 10 offense and defense, really high up there in point differential. Like, Obviously, like I said, the depth is an issue uh, going with the Z- uh, Isaac Okoro has one of your closing five down the stretch. It's not great like that. Uh, they still are missing that one guy. I was telling someone the other day where I'm like, they kind of remind me of the Clippers uh, with the Chris Paul Blake era where they've always they just have these four that you like, whether it's Chris Paul, JJ, Blake and DJ. And then it's like Wesley Johnson or it's uh, Paul Pierce or Jamal Crawford, Lance Stevenson. They're always looking. They never found that fifth guy to close with those guys. And they were really good year over year. And I think that's what's probably going to happen with Cleveland is like they're going to be a top 10 team. Uh, The numbers are going to like them year over year. They're going to win a lot of regular season games. I just, I don't know if they're going to be able to uh, figure that out. And I, I don't know. I, I don't think can go wrong with either, and I think the Knicks would match up pretty well with either. But I do think, from a non-biased, uh, an unbiased source here, verts, I think I would. Everybody would rather have Cleveland, New York, just for the Donovan Mitchell factor of all of this. Like that's just that's what we all want. We want that in New York, in like a game, like him having to go and win in the Garden and in a, in a big a big moment would be a lot of fun.
1: That would be something. That would be something. I mean, the narrative around that mm-hmm. has, been, uh, has been fun to follow. Um, you know, it's it's kind of annoying the Knicks have you know have this really successful season, and so people have to go back and think about what if with that trade. Uh, but you know, that that's in the past. The teams are here, and that'd just be a really cool stylistic matchup. I mean, I think the other thing that really helps the Knicks too is the fact that Cleveland doesn't really go small, especially at the five position. So mm. Mitch doesn't have to get stretched out. He'll be defending the interior. And I think that helps him in the Knicks overall scheme too.
0: Um, switching gears here a little bit. What would you do if you're Minnesota this off season? Do you just with how many games cats miss? I think he's doing practice today as of this recording. And maybe he's back for this stretch run. I don't know. Like Anthony Edwards has obviously made the leap. You move on from D'Angelo Russell who was cat's guy. They were a part of this tandem that they were trying to build just a couple years ago. I think you move on. I don't know what his value is. Look, many are saying that the Timberwolves should trade Carl Anthony Towns for John Collins straight up. If there's one thing (laughs) that could uh, help John Collins three point shooting percentage, it's going to Minnesota where he can play the four. And um, that 27% shooting percentage from deep uh, will clear right up. I promise Minnesota fans. Um, But I don't know. I, I think he's the, when I was thinking about like who the next star to go or be on the move, Kat is the answer. I still don't know if I would call him a star anymore at this point. Like he's a good player. I would like to have him on more teams that I would not, but I don't know what his value is. Like Kat, I, I guess we'll see if he comes back for the stretch run and plays in the in and stuff. But I, I don't know. What would you do if, uh, if you're Minnesota this off season? I
1: really want to see what this, these last whatever 15, 20 games plus the play-in slash playoffs looks like for him. Honestly, I mean that's a really small sample to to make a judgment call off. I might even want next season too, uh, but I don't know. If you're if the idea is we need to build an Anthony Edwards centric team, which I think is the idea because he's just unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't I know talents is your best piece to sort of start making moves with that, but. I don't know if you just, you know, st- keep the talent together and see how they play for a little longer. We haven't had, you know, enough of a period to really judge it. If you ask me, uh, the Gobert Towns pairing is obviously a little awkward, and you have to figure that out. And Gobert won't return nearly as much as, as Towns would. Um, but I just think it's too early to jump on that. I don't know. I haven't even thought about Towns' trade prospects, honestly. We have to go team by team and see what's even out there. Your Hawks don't have any picks to trade for Towns. Come on, man. Spent you it all, need picks. all on you get John Collins
0: why do you you need picks too if I'm giving you John Collins
1: oh man John Collins the perpetual trade candidate yeah I don't know I just want to see Townsend Edwards a little more you know with gobert um has been playing well hopefully he mm-hmm. can just seamlessly transition in and we'll see how he does in the playoffs because his his playoff resume has been a little shaky you know so so we want to see what that looks like as well
0: could he be a Nick what would you have to give up, do you think, for cat? Would you want Cat on your team I don't see
1: where he would fit, honestly. I mean
0: He's a New Jersey guy, right?
1: He is. Would he be the mm-hmm. center? Would he, like is he gonna defend the rim in a Thibs scheme? I don't I don't see that going particularly well, especially in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Is he gonna back up Julius Randle? I mean <laughs> I like Julius Randle at the four spot right now. I'm I'm pretty good with him. I are we gonna move Randall to the three? Like that'd be a little aggressive. So I don't know about a fit with the Knicks. Um, you know, the usual suspects probably would probably move in on him. Something like Miami, maybe. Does should
0: feel like a Miami guy? Who isn't he's a Miami? Not going to defend. He's just not going to defend like that. I don't know. Miami guy. I don't know who it is. Like I'm he's not a Miami
1: guy. He's not a Thibs guy. I'll tell you that much. Hmm.
0: That's probably true. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be something like weird, like the Bulls talk themselves into it. And they're like, we're a Carl Anthony Towns away from getting back to the top of the East. And you're like, all right, well, if you want to build the team around Levine and Cad and um, just Patrick Williams, uh, I guess, good luck. Yeah. I don't know. But I, miss, yeah. I miss Lonzo Ball playing, playing basketball. I hope he gets healthy soon. Um, I have been on this camp for a while and it's not just because the Bucks may never uh, really lose any basketball games ever again. But I think the East is... Like, I would be at this point pretty surprised, barring injury, the Bucs don't win the East. I had the Bucs winning, and before the year, I had the Bucs winning the NBA Finals this year. Giannis, um, he's right there among the big three in MVP conversation. Chris Middleton's healthy again. Grayson Allen's playing really well for them. Uh, Drew Holiday's obviously had an all-star season. Brooke Lopez has been an all-world defender. I mean, I just look at the Bucs and I just... I don't know why there's still so much celtics talk at this point i think the Bucks should be the unquestioned favorite best team in the east and like it's a surprise if they uh they don't get out are you do you share the same sentiment or are you more bullish on boston or cleveland or philly i mean you can throw the knicks in there if you really want to you want to go there but it's eastern conference champs new york knicks but i want to go there
1: I don't want to go there. In fact, I don't even like everyone talking about how we can steal a first-round series. Shut up, please. Just, just keep telling us about how, how. Oh, are they for real? Like, please keep questioning. Mm. I don't like, I don't like the confidence that that scares me. But I'm actually in total agreement. I had the Bucks winning the championship coming into the season. I thought last year it was very evident they would beat Boston if they had Chris Middleton healthy. Mm. Um, I think Giannis has been the unquestioned best player. Whatever your MVP is, the unquestioned best player in the league for the last. Four years since the bubble, something like that. Probably a little, a little before the bubble. Uh, and I think now that they, they have, you know, they have Middleton back. He's starting to get into the flow of things. Drew Holiday's had a great season. Brooke Lopez still looks amazing. They added a little depth around two, uh, Grayson Allen and and Jake Crowder. So, I yeah, I think they're they're easily the best team in the East. I would pick them in any series against any team in the East, and probably in the in the finals, depending on who they're up against.
0: Friend of the pod, Ty Windish, um, because I think Drew Holiday gets lost in the shuffle here when we look at Chris and a healthy Chris, but Drew has been exceptionally exceptional is what I'm going to say about him this year. He had this tweet um, from earlier today that I wanted to shout out here. Drew Holiday is having an elite offensive season and scoring his 20 points per game in a variety of different ways. 68% in the restricted area, 45% in mid-range, 43% on corner threes. 38% 38% on above the break threes while also being 12th in assist points created in total assists this season. I don't think people realize just how good Drew is. And Drew is just playing at a totally different level. And when you have a healthy Chris, Drew making this kind of leap at this point in his career, a healthy Brooke being what he is, I just, I don't know anybody who's going to be able to stop the Bucks when they're humming on all cylinders. I, I just, I don't see it.
1: Yeah, they also have the longevity. All these guys have mm. played together for the last few years. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a complete package. Giannis is unstoppable. There, there's no answer to Giannis. Um, Brooke Lopez has been an incredible defender. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I didn't even know those numbers. The fact that Drew Holiday scoring at that level, you know, is still able to defend at the level that he is. He's just the ultimate Swiss Army knife in the regular season and playoffs. And it gives them some more optionality, too. It felt like even in their championship run, he wasn't that much of an offensive option. There was a lot of Middleton, Giannis, pick and rolls, to, you know, run run to the ground. But now down they have a little more if, if Holiday's playing like this.
0: By Portis being awesome. I love that story he told JJ where he's like, he told him about calling Giannis to And he's like, I can come help you. all win a championship. And now he's just this like folk hero in uh, Milwaukee. And he's been great. Yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I think it's all Milwaukee all the time right now. Um, speaking of Giannis though, who is your MVP right now? If you had a vote, Ertz, who would you give the MVP to right now?
1: Uh man. Give me the tough ones today. I think I think Embiid has a real case. Mm. I'm just I, I am I am one of those believers about the whole three time MVP winner. Uh, you know, do we want to make that a little more sacred? I think Giannis probably deserves it, but I, I would have given it to him one of the last couple of years, the Jokic one. And then maybe giving this one to Jokic because this has been Jokic's best season uh, and and his team's best season as well. Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll go off. I'll go off kilter a little bit. I'm going to go Embiid. I think he's really deserving. Um, he's 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 been the focal point of Philly. He's he's an absolute monster. He has the individual games uh, defensively. I think he carries like as much of a load as Giannis does for his team. Um, whereas Jokic just just more so like a cog in that machine on that end um yeah I'll probably I'll probably go and I'll I'll, I'll dif- you know differentiate myself a little bit
0: it's funny you say that because I would have done Embiid too because I also just look at it as like I think like you can't go wrong as long as it's probably one of the three I think Luka belong, would belong there if the team was in the top four in the west right now but I just don't think the wins are gonna be there and part of it's not really his fault like Luka's just got <laughs> he's relying I mean Maxi Kleba's back which is helpful for them off the bench but I mean, Justin Holiday's playing major minutes for this Dallas team. And as someone who watched a lot of Justin Holiday early this season for the Hawks, that's never a good place to be. Justin Holiday um, should not be in your, your rotation, especially if you're a playoff team. That should not be be a thing. But I look at it and it's like him and Luka and Embiid are the only two averaging 33 a night. And obviously the big difference here is Embiid's also a world-class defender and Embiid does so much on the defensive side of uh, the court for Philadelphia. Um, I just, if it's not this year, when is it for Embiid? And I think what scares me for Embiid is that he just got sandwiched in this big, this dominant big era with Giannis, with Jokic, with Anthony Davis, with just a lot of dude to, I mean, it's hard. There can only be one MVP year over year. But I also look at it as like. Embiid has got to get one. The fact the last couple years, really, how well he's played and yeah. just how good he's been. It's like he deserves one. If we really have to say 20 years from now, someone some kid is arguing with me about Embiid wasn't that good. He was never even a league MVP. And I'm like, all right, um, I, I don't want to have to have those conversations. I need him to at least have one. And he's such a year to year guy where it's just one injury. Like, we're going to, he's what, 29? We're nearing the end. Like, we're nearing the end of peak dominant Joel Embiid. He can be the best player in a title team. Like, we're in the last three years or less of that. And I, I don't know. I just want him to get it because there are some young guys who are going to be entering this conversation sooner rather than later. And I, I just, I'm nervous. I, I want Joel Embiid to get an MVP. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I hope you're wrong about it only being another three years or so. But yeah, I agree. I mean that's the that's the challenge when it's it's everyone has their own criteria and the mvp results are what they are. And now, you know, Jokic isn't gonna probably I, I don't know if he is, but you know, it's possible he doesn't get the MVP in what's been his best year of the past few years. And and yeah, and beat could end up with none too. So it's it does feel like a little bit like, yeah, he got a little job the last couple of years. He he deserves one. He should walk away with one for this these last few years. Um he's he's I mean he the performances haven't translated to the playoffs like we'd like, you know, at least like a deep playoff run, but just just the way he's dominated the east year after year, the way he's dominating it now, absolutely deserved.
0: There's just some bonkers stats. Like StatMuse has some great stuff on Embiid where it's like most 35-point games by a center this season, 22 by Embiid, 15 by everybody else combined. Uh, you got oh. Anthony Edwards who's called uh Embiid the MVP of the league. Um shieldopedia of the ringer had this Joel Embiid averaging 33 points and 10 boards would be first player since 74, 75 uh, that being Bob McAdoo to hit those marks in the season the only other players in NBA history have done it Um, who would you guess are the three? There are three other ones who do you think Berts?
1: 33 and 10 Mm -hmm. wilt? Yep Kareem? Yep Moses Malone?
0: No, good guess Hakeem? Nope
1: 33 and 10 like George Mike, and like, how nope. far back do I need to go? Algin Baylor. Algin bit. Ba- oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was thinking big. Okay. There you go. Mm.
0: It's a pretty good company. Pretty elite company for decent case. Yeah. I just, let's just give it to him. He needs one. And I'm terrified Ooh. he's not going to get it because Giannis and Jokic have gobbled up the wins. They've been the cream of the crop in the top of their conference the last couple of years. And they've been deserving too. It's just, it's really hard to get one, but I just give give it to Embiid this year. I, I'm glad we're on the same page. I don't feel Wait, like are sure the Giannis
1: fans going to be that upset? Like he already got two. He's got two, two and you're the favorite to win
0: the NBA Finals. Like who cares? Yeah.
1: Giannis isn't going anywhere. He's no. probably going to win a third before before he retires. So probably no. more than a third, honestly.
0: Well, we said that about LeBron. How many he would get? And it's like LeBron. It ended. When was LeBron's last MVP?
1: Was it 23rd? No, that was Durant, wasn't it?
0: think so when was, was lebron, LeBron in miami 2012 that's what i'm saying like i think it's been a decade since lebron actually won a league mvp there you go and you didn't you never would have thought in 2012 whatever it was that lebron would never get another one in his prime but he never did it's really hard to get these consistently and um i don't know uh that's that's my long uh and take there what i think is the most interesting when we're starting to think about seeding for it's the last thing i'm going to hit today the Suns and the Warriors. The Warriors have picked things up. I mean, Jordan Poole got an insane technical foul call last night for bouncing the ball to the official. Yeah. Like, uh, they must be stopped. But Steph Curry is healthy. Um, they they seem like they're turning the corner. The West is just incredibly wide open, uh, top to bottom. And now you have Jaw who might be facing a fifty game suspension. They might not have him all, um, this uh, playoffs and for a good portion of uh, next year too. But like. I just, we count out the Warriors, you keep waiting for them to turn on. You were like, I just don't know if they're gonna be healthy enough at the right time. They don't really do enough the deadline. We'll see what Gary Payton is, even at like 50%, still probably better than what the minutes James Wiseman was giving you when you were forcing him into the lineup. But I don't know, like I think this is gonna be one of the most insane first round matchups. If we get this, which is what's right now very much on the table, if we get four or five, Warriors sons Durant versus Draymond and Steph because Clay is now guarding only like those kind of guys like threes and fours you'll probably be helped like Klay will have some assignments on KD um, because of just him sliding down and not really being able to guard ones and twos anymore I am all the way in on what that looks like because both teams need to win that series so bad and both will want to win that series so bad because of the implications and because of the history between Durant the Warriors and everything else where it's like Durant going down after forcing uh, after getting traded and everything imploding in Brooklyn and Devin Booker obviously uh, talking a lot with and uh, They've come close. They went to the NBA Finals. Haven't won a, t- uh, a title or anything. Chris Paul, you're like all right, he's missed a lot of games. Can he really afford another first round exit? Um, especially at the hands of Steph Curry and company this time like that would be a rough look. I am hoping whatever the NBA has got to do, whoever has the NBA playoff script, I need them to write in if they have not already done so, Suns Warriors in the first round, because if we get that four or five matchup, that's I mean, that might be one of my favorite first round matchups in years. And that's really a possibility because, man, I I don't know. Do you feel the same? And which way would you lean if we get Warrior Suns in the first round?
1: Uh, there's a lot of potential good first round and just any round matchups in the West. I'm actually in the East. I'm excited for it. I think a lot of the narratives boiling up around the NBA gets so interesting. And even when you don't think it's there, the wrong first round exit can mean the star wants out. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that series especially does, does excite. I mean, the pressure's on both teams, right? Golden State, this dynasty could just be over at any time. Like, is Draymond still going to be here next year? Clay yeah, is clay's getting older Steph's getting older both are dealing with injuries you know all year we've been seeing you know eventually it's going to come back to bite them I had them as my West finals pick uh losing to the Bucks in the finals oh, excuse me uh to start the year uh so I wouldn't mind to see them get ahead in that series and and go on their little run the West as you said is pretty wide open so I wouldn't be too surprised uh that would be that'd be a pretty cool thing to watch I would probably lean Phoenix in the series. They have some pressure just mm. because they have all that talent. Um, they 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 also have some aging pieces between Durant and Chris Paul, injury concerns. Uh, and also that situation is also not, you know, fully concrete. You know, we don't know where Aiden stands with the whole team and where, where you know, where that relationship lies. We don't know if Durant will just get tired of that situation, and just move on once again, you know, so... I would probably go Phoenix in the series, uh, just because Golden State just been very iffy all year, and I like I, I just needed like one month, like one month of like Golden State Warriors basketball for me to regain that confidence. But we haven't seen it, and, and them clicking in the playoffs is a tough ask, you know. Um, we don't know what's up with Andrew Wiggins. I feel like mm-hmm. that's a very very serious thing. Um, and then, you know, how much is Poole going to be able to defend in the playoffs? That was a concern last year. And they're, you know, they, they don't have the same depth they had last year. Um, meanwhile, Phoenix, I mean, just the sheer talent and how they work together. I, I'd I be inclined to bet that they take not only that series, but the West. I mean, you had Kevin wow. Durant, barring injury, barring injury. Uh, you, you put Durant in with those guys. I I, I don't see how they're losing.
0: That's funny. I have them as a team like Ben Golover, the uh, Washington Post and the Goat NBA pod. We did teams that could win and not win the NBA title last week. And I had the Suns firmly. And no, they are just wow. another piece of way. Like you're going to be what? Going, throwing out Torrey Craig. And we're relying on Chris Paul to get through a whole Western Conference playoffs here. Uh, like it's never happened still to this day. That has never happened. Um, Devin Booker's been banged up. Kevin Durant is always just at his age. He's nearing his mid 30s. I don't think so. I think uh the ship has sailed on that and I don't I don't think it's going to work the same way. I think the Nuggets should be the clear-cut favorite. Um they're healthy at the right time. If not this year, I don't know when it is. Like I think the only teams for me that I could see realistically getting out of the West is the Nuggets, the Warriors and um the Mavericks. The Mavericks, wow. The Mavericks. Here's the no thing. The Clippers no Clippers. No. Did that Clippers. change with the Westbrook side? That did change. Like, Canard being gone and, like, the Clippers are just... i It hurts my soul because I've been waiting for the Clippers. I'm a big Kawhi guy. Love Tyloo. They play a different style of basketball. I saw Clippers Hawks up close uh, last month, and they're different. But, I, no, I, I don't think this is going to work. I think the Westbrook stuff and the shooting and just... No, I don't think they're they're deep enough. I don't think they did enough at the deadline. Um, no, I, I don't think the Clippers can. Definitely not the Lakers, but I think the the Mavericks. Let me specify on this. I think if you simulate the Western Conference playoffs a hundred times, I think the Nuggets win it like fifty times, and then the Warriors win it forty times, and then I think it's like ten times or less the the Mavericks win it, where it's like. Kyrie and Luca are just too much in multiple because, like, Luca did it by himself, really, with a little bit of Jalen Brunson too. He got a Western Conference Finals last year.
1: I don't know if it was a little bit of Jalen Brunson. I that mean, was it was a lot of Luca. A lot, Luka, lot of. If you look at his usage Brunson. and what
0: Luca was carrying, that kind of load. And look, yeah. I love Jalen Brunson, but Kyrie come playoff time. I mean, he had a yeah. big shot, big three last night in a seven game series. It's just going to be really, really hard to stop. The duo, I understand the defense is going to suck every night, but it's also just the ceiling is still so high when they are both clicking and they're both hitting big shots and teams are in their in close games with two minutes or less that like there's not a better half court playoff ready guard combination in basketball than those two like that's just you can throw it at the kitchen sink but if you throw the kitchen sink at Luca in the post then guess what he's just going to find Kyrie at the top and Kyrie's going to hit those and I mean you have Tim Hardaway in the corner about have Reggie Bullock in the corner I just look at it as like when close when things get close and things get tight in these playoff games in these playoff series Luca and Kyrie, the best case scenario for those two, could still win the West because they're both that good. Luca's is the top five player in this league. Kyrie, when he has it all together, is a top 10, top 15 player still Um, just with his offensive explosion. I just, I wouldn't bet on it, but like two, three times out of 100 you do the West where they just have a 131 offensive rating throughout <laughs> the the playoffs. Wouldn't surprise me. That would, it yeah. would be pretty wild, but them going on a crazy heater for a month and a half would also just wouldn't surprise me. Is that fair? I don't think that's. No, I, right I right.
1: see. I see where you're coming from. Uh, I would. I would flip that and say the series I really want is Suns Mavericks for obvious reasons. Mm, yeah. um, but I would. I would flip that and say you know Durant and Booker so long as Durant's healthy. But let me touch on some of your Phoenix concerns because mm. I, I know you brought those up. You know Chris Paul. Yeah, he's had health issues in the playoffs before, but he's been like the number two guy in all those playoffs. Now he's he's. I think he's strictly number four, and mm-hmm. I think that that. That lessened responsibility should help him out a little bit. And then you mentioned sort of who that fifth guy is that's going to fill them out. I think they just have enough of a little group of fifth guys they can plug in and out depending on who's doing well. Tory Craig, TJ Warren, uh, Ish Wainwright, Josh Okogi is awesome. Josh Okogi is so good. Um, I think I might even be forgetting one. So I. I, Terrence Ross. They did add Terrence Ross, him too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might want a little bit more defense and more wingy size mm-hmm. going on there, but that's fine too. Yeah, I, I think they just have enough there. Um, but yeah, Dallas, I could see I could see the argument for Dallas. I mean, <laughs> Luka and Kyrie are so ridiculous offensively. I, f- I find it so funny that there's still this whole like, oh, are they figuring it out? Like they're losing games. It's like it's the defense. They have no defense. But offensively, those two together are just magic.
0: CP has the worst on-off uh, per hundred possessions possessions uh, since his sophomore year in the league, plus 0. 0.2. He's no, fallen so he off. I of just think... think without
1: Booker. He had to carry without Booker while they were losing.
0: He's not that guy anymore. Like, he's not he's even cool. someone I, I...
1: But I think that's good for him. I think that's actually yeah. that's actually ideal I, I, hmm. for the team, too. Like, let him just do his distributing, run off pick and rolls, couple of those small middies, you know? Um Booker and Durant and Ayton will handle the off and the, the, Aiton? the scoring loads. Ayton. That's right. Ayton. I'm an Ayton guy. Like <laughs> to the to the grave. I really think he gets too much. Uh to the the slack he gets is because he's not like Wilt, but he's built like Wilt, so he should be Wilt, but he's not Wilt.
0: No, the thing with Ayton, and it's something against him, is just the my basketball ideology, if I'm like running a team and you're DeAndre Ayton and you have his skill set. I want no part of you because like you're that weird tweener between like you have the frame to be like a Joel Embiid type, like you have the defensive prowess to be that kind of player, but you don't have the scoring mentality. You don't have the shooting. You don't have the willingness to get to the line consistently. Like the dude doesn't shoot free throws. He loves these mid-range uh cor- like these just mid-range yeah. shots at the elbow. I want no part of the Aiden experience because it's like, I either want you to be Joel Embiid, Giannis Jokic, where you're just like unicorn five and I'll pay you whatever and we'll be great. Or you better be Clint Capella. Like that's it. Those are the only two that I want. And he is this weird in between and paid like a Joel Embiid. And it's just, he's not worth it. Like I don't, I don't have any time for guys like that. Like I just in today's league. Nope. As my, if I was a GM immediately moved on like the Marvin Bagley's, the Deandre Aitons, the, um, the James That's wise
1: gap between Bagley. and Adrian. No, I know,
0: I know, I know. Um, yeah, no, like you Nick Claxton, on a, on a, would you say, say Nick Claxon's a better season. player? Would you rather What's have that? Nick Claxon and Mitchell Robinson than Deandre Aiden? I would rather have them both.
1: I was petitioning for a Robinson for Aiden type package for some time now, but Mitch has had quite the season. You may mm-hmm. like also going back to the last month, Mitch coming back and playing out of his mind has been awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know where I stand on that now. The the problem is the contracts because he's getting mm. paid so much, like the per dollar basis. But he's just, it's just not just worth like that anywhere floor, near it. how good he is. Like, I think he's a really good set. He's a top ten center easily.
0: Who? Aiton. Do you think so? Can you name ten more ten better centers? Hold on, I'm about to do yeah, this. Go We're list re- list. I'm going to do this exercise. I don't All think right, so. Let's we'll pull him up. <laughs> well, we already got three: yeah, yeah, Jokic, Giannis, and Bede. Okay, All right, so we have three. Wait, Giannis at center? Yeah, you have to say Giannis is a five. I mean, all right. I guess. have to throw Giannis. Not in there. really, but. Okay. Miles Turner is better?
1: Uh, I, I don't know about that. Like, out is a better. Out bio is better.
0: Out Um Nick like Claxon's better.
1: Claxon's better.
0: better? Yeah, Nick Claxon's a better player. I, I... He knows his role. Better player. Jakob Pertle's better. <laughs>
1: This is the hate, man. This is the hate.
0: This is the... Jared Allen's better.
1: All right, come on, man. (laughs) This
0: is Healthy Robert Williams is better.
1: Like, are we talking per dollar basis or literally better player? They're
0: just better centers. They are better for winning basketball and they are someone you would rather have right now. Is Yusuf Nurkic better? Is Brook
1: Lopez better? No,
0: Nurkic is not better, no.
1: Is Brook Lopez? Brook
0: Lopez is better, better. yes. I would rather have Brook Lopez than DeAndre. No question. The Bucks would not do a straight up swap, even if the money was even. We know they wouldn't do it.
1: I mean, I think that's for stylistic and fit reasons, but...
0: Yeah, because those guys fit more places. DeAndre doesn't fit anywhere because DeAndre is like just this weird not... Like, he would have fit in the 90s. He's just not... He's He would have done a lot of post-ups. He would have done a lot more. I just... No. Damn. Aiden, what is... Uh, what is? Here's the best way of describing it. I know what Nick Claxton's really good at. I know what Mitchell Robinson's really good at. I know what Clint Capella's really good at. What is DeAndre Aiden actually excellent at what is his excellent skill
1: i i think his thing is that he's a tier under he's very good at multiple things he will defend for you not to the level of class or mitch robinson but mm-hmm. slightly slightly worse than that he'll score for you not like an mbid but you know 20 points per game very nice you know and and he's still young still getting better i i think i think it's i'm also yeah i'm also putting in a little potential buffer too you know man
0: I'm going to pull up. Yeah, I'm looking for uh, where he is an offensive real plus minus this year because I know it's terrible. He is. Let's see. Among all sinners, he is. Where is? uh, Bismack Biombo is worse. So there's one um, that he's worse. Um, Okay, he's 59th, negative one point nine six in what? Offensive real plus minus. All
1: right, I, I want to see the formula on that.
0: Nerlens Noel is the worst uh, for anyone. He's played county five out.
1: minutes for the Nets. Oh, he played some for Detroit earlier mm. this year. Go Bears, I been I really bad. the formula. Formula. I want to see the. Let me let me put it in my spreadsheet and let me yeah. let me see what's what's doing that there.
0: Look, you can get in the DeAndre Aitman business. Like I said, it's nothing in him. It's just the style is just not for me. Like I just I don't want my fives to have that kind of skill set. No no interest. Fair enough. If he was paid like a backup and he was just like your third big off the bench oh, and third. he played like 12 minutes a night for me, oh I can do it. Gosh. Third big. Yeah. He's like Kim Birch. Like, let's do that. He can be like Cam Birch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw Cam Birch on this list. Oh, I should even bring him. Is he going to say Cam <laughs> Birch is better? Are we sure? Oh, my God. Man, this man's sipping all the haterade right now and he's not in the aid Dwayne Dwayne Dedman? Forever. Stop (laughs) straight trolling. Oh, goodness. Should Jock Mondale close for
0: the Suns at the five? My column, start Bionbo. No, not Bionbo, Londale. Londale at the five. Oh, Londale's awesome. Well, Londale is
1: actually genuinely awesome.
0: He's better than Aiden. There you go. Um, Burtz, what can the good folks check out from you over at Sportsnet New York, if that is what it is, Sportsnet New York or SMY, depending on what the good folks would prefer to call it this week?
1: Uh, continued Knicks and Nets coverage. Uh, yeah, I don't have any specific. I, I don't want to say anything specific yet because nothing's approved. But I'll uh, keep you guys in tune with uh, with the New York City basketball going on.
0: It, I am right, by the way. It is Sportsnet New York. I was there right. You go. I'm it just not. didn't feel right when I was saying, it. I was like, I'm saying that and I'm not 100%. It would be it.
1: SNN one.
0: Mm. These are the important things. Verts, yes. go read him over at SMY.TV. Go watch the Knicks. They're a fun team this year. Um, don't watch the Knicks or the Nets, excuse me, because they need to keep losing and uh, the Hawks need to keep rising because all I want is Sixers Hawks like the, they can still oh. technically get the six seed. They're really close. You give me Sixers Hawks with Quinn Snyder and Trey Young in this group going up against a desperate Philly team. We already saw what happened the last time these two met in the playoff series. Sign me up. I I would be very very tempted to uh, to pick the Hawks in a three six matchup with the Sixers in round one. Even with what we've seen from the Hawks all season long.
1: I would tune into that for sure. That would be fun.
0: Yeah, and you're you're someone who's had a lot of fun Trey Young playoff minutes. Uh, and yeah, you're getting, getting off the podcast. Now. All right. David Birchberger, thank you as always. I'll talk to you again very soon.
1: Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.